Just okay, imagine this, Tony. Stop, right? Don't, no, no, no. Oh, okay. Imagine the guitar. Everybody quiet, and then I'll start. Okay, everybody quiet. You haven't started yet? No. Oh, we're restarting. No, no. Okay, everybody, I just need to be quiet for 10 seconds. Ready? Go. Okay. Here we go. You guys ready? Hi, kids. <laughs> okay. You guys. When, 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 whenever my guests come on. Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. Well, I am doing something a little different on the podcast today. Instead of having a conversation with a guest on the phone or here at home in our office studio, I'm sitting with my kids on a Friday night in our living room to talk about our family, about grief, and about fighting for joy together. We have been spending a lot of time together these last couple of weeks because of the coronavirus pandemic. We've got Eric working out of the house instead of driving into his Omaha office. Justine is home for a couple of weeks before returning to the Chattanooga area to finish up her college semester there online. And Turner and Grace, while they're currently on spring break, they're uncertain as to when or even if they will return to school as their high school closed indefinitely to mitigate the spread of this virus. So we've been brainstorming things to do with all of this time together at home. And the kids suggested recording a group podcast. I couldn't believe that they suggested it. So as you can imagine, I was thrilled that they wanted to do this. So after dinner last night, I jumped on the opportunity and we gathered by the fireplace to chat about the ways that God has helped us to fight for joy as a family. It was pretty spontaneous. They didn't want me to prepare them with questions or topics. They just wanted to wing it and share from their hearts. And they clearly and bravely did just that. As we recorded, I could see the courage and strength that they were each mustering to open up. It's not easy for any of us, much less teenagers and young adults, to process and talk about grief, to share about the hardest and most painful parts of their life. But all three of them know that this podcast is helping and encouraging so many people. I try to constantly share the feedback that I get from you guys with them, showing them the ways that so many of you are finding hope and joy by listening. And sometimes you guys share feedback with them firsthand as well, so they believe in this ministry. Now, all this being said, I have two important side notes that I thought it would be important to mention. Number one, (laughs) despite our closeness and all of the special things that the kids shared during this conversation, it might be good for you to know that the very next day we had a big blow up in our home with one of our kids and it took a while to work it out. So yes, we are close. Yes, we fight for joy as a family and We still have normal struggles and disagreements. We still hurt each other's feelings. We still have to ask for forgiveness. We let each other down, but we keep fighting for joy and we don't give up on one another. It's messy and beautiful all at the same time. Number two, when hearing someone's story, or in this case, a family's story, we have to fight the temptation to compare ourselves with what we're hearing. When you listen to this conversation, remember that our family is almost seven years into grief. So if you are smack dab in the middle of something hard, or you're just beginning your grief journey, you won't be where we are right now, and that's okay. There's no way that we could have recorded an episode like this two or three or even four or five years into grief. And on the flip side, if we listen to this podcast 10 years from now, I'm sure we'll be even further along in our journey and we'll look back at this sweet conversation with empathy and kindness, realizing that we still had so much further healing to experience. So this podcast merely documents where our family is right now and what our grief and healing looks like right now. But we know it will change. God willing, we will continue to grow and move forward. But for today, we are embracing where we are. And I want to encourage you to do the same for wherever you are in your struggles. The key is to just keep fighting for joy. Okay, so here is our Friday night family chat by the fire. I'm so proud of our kids for wanting to be a part of this. I absolutely adore these three. I love them like crazy, and I like them a whole lot too. I'm grateful for the testimony that they give to God's sufficient and healing grace in grief.
Well, this is an episode that I am really excited to do. Um, thanks for doing this with me today, you guys. Of course, Mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy to do this. Thank you. Well, we are in the midst of really interesting times right now with the coronavirus. Um, everyone being encouraged to stay home. Things are shut down and canceled and life is just different right now. And so we are um, having a lot of time at home here together. So we thought it would be fun to record a podcast together, right? You really got the you really got the podcast voice in full. I do have a podcast voice. Yes, you are right. Okay. Um, and I should mention that this was you guys' idea, right? Yeah, actually, it was mine, but okay, yeah. (laughs) Everything is Grace's idea. Yeah, unless it was a bad idea. I'm glad you guys wanted to do this. I think I think it'll be really special. Let's start um, by having you guys introduce yourselves. Um, Justine, you want to start? Sure. So I'm Justine. I am currently a junior at Covenant College, and it was my third year living on campus. Um, And I am an English major with a writing concentration, and I have a linguistics minor. Um, And I'm on the tennis team. It was my second year playing tennis, and next year I will be CAB director, which stands for Campus Activities Board, and I'll be planning all the events, all the dances, Um, and so this past week being home, I've had interviews to, um, yeah, figure out what team I have next year, so that'll be a fun thing to have next year, but I guess that's a little bit about me. That's great. Turner. Yeah, um, I'm Turner. I'm a senior in high school at Fremont, at the public school. Um, I haven't been too busy right now with all the coronavirus uh, shutting everything down, but right before all that, I used to be uh, doing uh, track and the musical. We were going to put on Mary Poppins. Um, I was fortunate enough to get casted as uh, Bert, the male lead on that, so that was a lot of fun. It was the first time that Fremont has ever brought a flying a uh, cable system mm-hmm. to a musical. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun experiencing that. And my character actually uh, walked on the ceiling upside down for a part of the song. Um, yeah, so it was just, that was just a lot of fun um, getting ready for track. I really enjoy track and all my friends that do it. And um, yeah, but uh, otherwise, other than that, I'm just kind of lying low right now and getting ready for um, college right now. Yes. And you are a part of a polka band, too. You might oh, want to yeah. mention that. That's a big part of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been doing that for like five or six years, probably almost six years now. And um, it sounds like really exciting summer slash fall that we're coming up on. Um, got plans for Texas and Oklahoma and things like that all cooking yeah. up right now. So we're excited. Great. Grace. Hi, I am a sophomore in high school and I'm on the swim team and the tennis team and I'm the boys tennis manager. Great. And I'm in choir. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so 21, Justine is 21, Turner's 18, Grace is 16. So um, I just wanted to start too by just thanking you guys for being so supportive of me with this podcast journey. You really have been um, just some of my biggest cheerleaders. So this is my chance to just publicly thank you and tell you guys that it's meant a lot to me. I love when you tell people about the podcast or you... Um, Tell me feedback that someone has shared with you guys about the podcast. So let's start by just um, having you share if you have any thoughts on the podcast in general or anything you want to share just about how Fighting for Joy in this new ministry has impacted um, our lives or what you've seen in my life as your mom. Um, just I'm just grateful for the supportive role that you guys have had in this. So so what are a couple of thoughts surrounding the podcast? Yeah, I love your podcast. I um, remember your very first one. And I remember waking up early that day and going down to the gym and listening to it during one of a run on a, on a treadmill and just thinking, oh, my mom is so cool. She has this <laughs> podcast. So and um, yeah, I just loved that it was this outlet where my friends could get to know our family in a different way um, mm-hmm. with you telling our story and having all of these people who are important parts of my life um, speak with you and share ways that um, they are fighting for joy in their, in their walks. Um, so I have been personally encouraged, but it's been 
really sweet to see how my my peers and different people in my life have also um, been impacted by your podcast. Mm, thanks, Justine. Yeah, and um, I've uh, tuned into a couple. I, I can't say I've listened to as many as my sisters have. Um, <laughs> but okay. it's just really been fun uh, watching you go through it all and seeing how it's helped you and while you've been helping everyone else and everything. Um, it's just been so incredible to see how you've come far and how you used to be with the first episode and now you're like a professional now and you're famous and um, <laughs> globally and it's just been a lot of fun to see that from the outside and um, thank you see how much it's yeah I have I feel like I have changed and grown in it too so that's special that you guys would recognize that too yeah I think it's pretty cool I've had actually a lot of people my age come up to me and say oh I've been listening to your mom's podcast and I just think that's really cool that um, people my age who are listening to your podcast. Mm-hmm. I think that's special too. I had no idea just the range um, of ages um, and just the de- different demographics of people that would listen to the podcast. And it is special to have um, some of your friends engage in it and be encouraged by it too. So it'll be fun for them to listen to this one with you guys. Um, well, unless um, they are real life friends, people who listen to this podcast Um, have really only gotten glimpses into our family through me and a little bit through dad when he's been a guest on the podcast as well. Um, So I thought it would be kind of fun to uh, help our listeners get to know us a little bit more. What do you want them to know about our family, um, our home, our life together? Let's just share a few things that our family uh, enjoys doing together. Well, we love working out together. Yeah. Just this mm-hmm. afternoon, we all went to the basement and yep. did a little workout. arm workout together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we love going on runs, playing tennis, mm-hmm. watching movies. Playing games. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah, we I... like games, like card games or board, board games, games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We just love spending time together. Yeah. Yeah. We laugh a lot. We oh, do yeah. laugh a lot. Like inside jokes mm-hmm. with the family and yeah. stuff yeah. that only we'd get. And like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes Justine will come back and like being in Georgia so long and, um, oh, like I haven't heard anybody say anything like that until now. And like, if I would have said that there, nobody would understand. We're like when Scott Frost became the coach and mm-hmm. we went to Wendy's. <laughs> And then they were all got a Scott Frosty, and I was like, "What's a Scott Frosty?" <laughs> yeah, who's Scott Frosty? Right. Yeah, who's right. Scott Frosty? yeah. No, we have learned to just not take ourselves seriously. We laugh at ourselves a lot. We like to mm-hmm. make each other laugh. Um, you're right. One of us is usually dancing around, trying to make a yeah. joke, trying to get the rest. I of the feel family like to laugh. it's a it's a snowball. Once one of us oh, yeah. gets pretty excited, then we mm-hmm. all get pretty excited. Yeah, I agree. I think. Um, you know, you guys mentioned cards and games. Um, I also love spending time out on the deck. I feel like that's something yeah. we like to do a lot together. Oh, yeah. You do got, like that. Got a fire pit and the fun lights and blankets and music Next. and neighbors stop by and visit. Um, Grace, what do we usually do on Sunday nights together? We usually watch movies and eat pizza. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. back in the day, though, it used to be AFV. AFV. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. AFV With every Tom Sunday night. Six yeah. Or our own family <laughs> videos, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So we have always carved out Sundays as a family day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's usually a, a movie and pizza and popcorn. And we re- rarely miss a Sunday night. That's been a really special yeah. weekly tradition. I think music, we do a lot with music, either playing yeah, music yeah. together. We always have music going on in the in the house, in the car. Um, we have a wide variety of interests of music. What kind of music do you guys like? Everything. Everything, honestly. Yeah, and you know, I mean, to pat myself on the back a little bit, and Dad too, I mean, oh I feel like we've exposed we you guys to a lot of different kinds of music um, yes. throughout mm-hmm. your whole life. I mean, on any given day, it could be Chris Tomlin, Broadway show tunes, um, Rap, acoustic jazz. House. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally I mean, we have all kinds, of, all kinds of music. The one band that we usually agree on as a family, though, if we're in the car, is... Zach, Zach Brown. Brown Band. Zach Brown Band, yeah. That we is. All, we all enjoy him, and, yes. and uh, that's a fun one. Um, well, those are some of the things that we enjoy doing together. Oh, you forgot and, about our mornings. Oh, what? We what? love having coffee we and do. reading in the morning. Except we for me. do. Except for Terry. And occasionally <laughs> me. But you were, yeah. you're so good at doing it I during am, the school year. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. But I like right. routine, and yeah. once I get in a good routine, sitting by the fire. Yeah, we also like doing stuff together outside. Yeah, like yeah, we're pretty spike spontaneous, ball. and we'll do spike ball. Yeah, or we'll yeah, go we to the lake. Yeah, we had a big kickball phase. 
Yeah. Pretty yeah, huge. we did have a pretty big kickball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we'll go out to the lake and we'll yeah. all go boating just out of nowhere. Yeah, I, we are a very active family. You're right. Runs, walks. Tra- we mm-hmm. like to travel. Um, and you're right. The summer, um, we definitely enjoy being outside with the boat and wakeboarding, fishing. We like to do that together. Yeah. Um, so thankfully, there are a lot of things that we enjoy doing together um, outside and inside of the home. You're right, mm-hmm. Justine. We like to gather around the fireplace. We like to drink coffee. We like to... Um, Sleep in my case. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that kind of gives you a picture of what life in our home looks like, um, the ways that we spend time together. Um, but let's go a little bit deeper. From you guys' perspective, what would you say some of our family's core values are? So as you think back and reflect on your years in our home and in our family, what do we value? What have Dad and I tried to instill in you as the important things that we want to um, value and prioritize in our home? I think you've... Um valued time with the Lord and you've always encouraged us to have time with the Lord on our own and also together. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? When you guys were little, what did we do together when we Picture were... Bible. Picture Bible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Every night before bed, we would all lay on your bed and mm-hmm. we would take turns reading the speech bubbles mm-hmm. in the picture Bible. Yeah. We gave you each your own picture Bible and mm-hmm. we would just go around and read that. Um, We've also done like incentive plans. If you memorized a certain number of verses, you'd get a new Lego or a new toy. Mm -hmm. Um, We've done some of that. As you guys have gotten older, um, we've memorized scripture together, given you devotional books, different things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so God's word is definitely, definitely a core value for us and something that we've tried to prioritize. Dad has been very faithful to um, have devotional time with you guys your entire lives and um, even when you don't always make it easy on him Mm -hmm. or you are busy or um, not terribly interested in what he's talking about in that particular moment he has pressed on and that's been something that I think you guys will really look back on I know you appreciate it now already but um, it's really been a blessing for a family to have a dad who leads well um, in our faith what else what are some other things that we value here in the Blick home we value rest. We do. Um, we do. Especially on Sunday afternoons. We do. We do. We love taking time to be alone in our rooms mm-hmm. and yeah. read or sleep, take a nap. Yeah. yeah. We all, I think, recharge when we just have mm-hmm. some downtime. Yeah. Yeah. And you had us practice that at a very, very young age when we didn't really Some want of it was to, for my but... own sanity. I mean, when you guys grew out of naps, I would still have you go to your room rest and have time. quiet rest time Yep. or right. quiet reading time. And, oh, um, yeah. Some of it was for me, you know, to just recharge as your mom for little kiddos was a busy, busy season. But some of it was to really just teach and train you the rhythm of a week and how you can find rest in, in any given day, in any given week how you can um, kind of quiet the world and be a little quieter and mm-hmm. uh, find some rest. So, yeah, that's one I hadn't thought about. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> we do value rest. And, it, I mean, that you guys did buck that at times. I mean, that mm-hmm. meant, you know, so Sunday was kind of our set-apart day to be home and to rest and to recharge and to gear up for the, the coming week. And that meant there were times we didn't let you guys go do something Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you weren't able to be on a particular team because they had practices or mm-hmm. whatever on Sundays. Um, we tried, definitely tried not to be legalistic about it, but for our family, it really did work the best to just have one day that we kind of set apart. So thank you guys for rolling with that, even on the mm-hmm. different times when it was harder. Um, what else? I think we also really value um, guarding our hearts and eyes and minds. Mm-hmm. You've always been good at um, being careful with what we put in our minds, whether it's what we're reading or what we're watching or spending our time doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been helpful going to college, having that value already placed into my heart um, mm-hmm. so that I'm already aware of what's going into my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, I was appreciative of that growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Dad's helped us a lot with that, too. I think hospitality is something. You guys have mm-hmm. had, seen a lot of people in and out of our home. We enjoy having people over. Yeah, and even last night, we were having um, the fire outside, and you were just talking about how um, we always tell our neighbors that if you see the fire on, you can come over, and they actually did. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> our next-door neighbors popped over yeah. for a little bit, and 
Yeah. And I, you know, I think that leads into another thing that I think we really value, which is community and living in community. Mm -hmm. We've always uh, been plugged into a church. We've always wanted to really get to know our neighbors. Um, We've tried to help you guys learn to love this place. I mean, there's nothing terribly special about Fremont, Nebraska, right? But um, we've tried to help you uh, find things that you can appreciate about it, serve your community, um, know your neighbors, love your neighbors, um, and get involved in in such a way that you really love your town and um, yeah, finding the things that you like about it instead of the things that you may not. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you can think of, Turner? Yeah. I think the other thing would be um, uh, a sense of, like, knowing what hard work is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah. not necessarily, like, hard work, but just knowing what it is to obviously rest. But then also um, work and what that looks like as a family or looks, what that looks like individually. Like, I um, worked in the cornfields two years, and um, that was really um, helpful to just get that perspective mm-hmm. and that experience. And I look back on that really fondly. And I know we have other examples of going out to the lake to help Grandpa and Grandma and just to serve like that. Mm-hmm. And so our family has really, like, our parents have really... Uh, shown us what like being a servant is like and uh working and obviously rest but also working as well yeah yeah you also from a young age taught us forgiveness was huge oh yeah yes (laughs) even if looking back on the way we did it was kind of yes so how did we do that you couldn't just say i'm sorry (laughs) we had to say (laughs) you'd say turner will you forgive me yes and then we would say forgive you for what and then you'd have to be specific (laughs) about what happened that's right. And you couldn't say yes. You would have to say yes, I forgive you for mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. That's right. Yes, we definitely <laughs> wanted to teach you from a very young age how to, um, how to ask for forgiveness, how not to just say you're sorry, quickly try to move on, but really to ask for forgiveness. And then also on the flip side, to be quick to forgive each other and to move forward in that. So, yeah, that's a good one, too. And you mentioned grandpa and grandma. I mean, I think that's another another value that we've had is um, spending time with um, your grandparents, with your cousins, with your aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. and just really prioritizing extended family, really getting to know them, spending time with them, letting them build into you. Um, that's been a big part of you guys' lives yeah. as well. Yeah, I would definitely say growing up, like my cousin Caden, who's my age, was definitely my best friend. Mm-hmm. And... Um, while we live in different towns now and he's really busy with all the sports and I'm Mm -hmm. doing sports as well and other things like we live uh, both really busy lives so it's kind of harder we're still really really good friends and I've really valued like that friendship and him as a cousin and um, that value that we've always had as a family of like we're a family but we're also an extended family Mm -hmm. and um, we can always be friends with each other and just having those bonds and really emphasizing that has really been important my whole Mm -hmm. life. Yeah, I always used to tell you guys that, that your cousins are your lifelong best friends. Mm-hmm. And we um, made sure that you had a lot of time with your cousins when you were little and just set the foundation for these good friendships within family. That's been really special to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my podcast listeners already know um, our story of losing Jackson. So we're not going <coughs> to revisit the details of what our family's gone through these past six and a half years. But what I do think would be helpful for my listeners would be having each of you share maybe one or two things um, that you have learned about grief. Um, One thing I definitely wanted to talk about was just how each of you uniquely grieve. I mean, there are five of us here in the home and we've definitely stuck together in grief and have um, a sensed, uh, you know, have sensed grieving together, but we don't grieve the same. I mean, each of us have had a very different um, grief journey. So we don't have to get specific and share about the different ways that we've grieved and processed um, our loss. Um, But I do want to talk a little bit about just what you guys have learned in grief. Yeah, I've learned that you can't grieve alone. Um, Mm -hmm. At the beginning, the first few years, I really tried to do that and tried to just internalize my grief and keep it to myself and Mm -hmm. just try to get through it and that really doesn't work Mm -hmm. um and so these past few years implementing counseling into my life Mm -hmm. and doing that weekly and finding out ways to bring counseling to school 
via FaceTime and phone call. Mm -hmm. um, It's been really helpful. Has been huge in my grief to just have that come to the surface every week um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as not just an accountability, but just to um, foster that grief because it will be there for the rest of my life. And to be able to share with a counselor who's becoming somebody who I love dearly and can't go a week without talking, mm-hmm. talking to. Um, and, and with that too, like, I don't think that it's a, um, like the fix or the one and done. I think that you need other people as well. And so having a few friends who I trust to talk, um, about grief with and death with and sorrow and hope and joy and just, get over a cup of coffee and just mm-hmm. say this was a horrible week mm-hmm. and just be able to trust them with my thoughts and feelings and pray together um yeah I think that those are two things it's really just, good Justine. um mm-hmm. no, what you can't isolate yourself in grief so who who can you trust and um yeah being okay with your tears in a community and with those with those couple people is a big part it's really good I think um something that I've learned is that you can't just ignore your pain I think it's mm-hmm. always gonna come back and it's never gonna go away you can't just have the mindset that oh if I don't think about it then it'll just go away mm-hmm. because it's gonna come back and you have to um acknowledge it so you can um help get mm-hmm. better at it so that's right I also think you've um, helped us learn and we've learned on our own that um, crying is okay and being raw is okay. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just showing your emotions is not a bad thing because it's what makes us human and God gave us emotions for a reason. So I, yeah, that's really good. Thanks, Grace. Yeah. And kind of going off what Justine said, I I also tend to kind of internalize grief as well. And, um, kind of act like oh yeah like it's okay and um yeah I'm okay but um I think a lot of learning for me over these last few years was being kind of more humble about it more open about it um I'd say I still definitely cope uh more alone um but it's really been helpful to just have a family here and that's been uh such a gift from God to have a family to uh, walk grief um mm-hmm. walk through grief mm-hmm. and um yeah, so I I just think that it's okay to let people know that like, hey, I'm not doing great, but mm-hmm. um, however you cope with it is yeah good too. And I think that is totally normal to have times when you do want to just kind of be more to yourself. Um, one of the things that our counselor has helped Dad and I to learn too is just continue to leave the door open, and that's what we try to do with all of you guys too is just continue to start the conversation, continue to remind you that we're here to talk when you want to, um, not pressure you to talk not force you to share, you know, your deepest feelings and thoughts, but to just continue to remind you, like Turner said, that you do have us. We are here. We are safe. We love you more than anybody else in the world. And um, anytime you do want to talk, anytime you do want to share and process, uh, we are here for you. And so it's ebbed and flowed. There's been times we've had lots of really, really good um, conversations um, about grief. And then there's been other times where we've seen you struggle um, and you weren't ready to talk, you didn't want to share, um, you were really struggling, and that is a very normal um, part of this whole grief process. It will ebb and flow like that. Yeah, and and you've done such a good job of allowing us all to grieve our different ways too, and to um, just highlight our unique gifts. I mm-hmm. think that sometimes it's easy to... Um, kind of go into a box in grief and say that this is the way you should grieve and these are the steps you should take Mm -hmm. these are the things you should say this is the face you need to put on when you go outside um but you've been really really helpful in just letting us grieve the grief that we each uniquely have Mm -hmm. and I mean we all process so differently but keeping that door open and I mean, it took me until I really got to college to mm-hmm. fully grieve and say, hey, I need some counseling. And mm-hmm. and I think for a while, a good thing I did was journal. I mean, I have boxes up in my room under my bed of 
journals that I wrote in every night before bed and every Mm -hmm. morning when I got up and I still do that um and yeah so I think that that um you've just really Mm -hmm. allowed us to each grieve our own yeah and I think that is helpful for people listening to know that when something hard is happening in your home and in your family don't be surprised if everybody handles it differently and processes it differently and extending a lot of grace and patience to one another because grief is not pretty and people are scared of grief Mm -hmm. and scared of grieving people Mm -hmm. yeah so it makes it makes Mm -hmm. it hard yeah and And if they're if they're trying to grieve but they might be confused on how to or they think that this is how i'm supposed to grieve because this is how my friend grieved or this is how like my brother or whatever um so part of that could also be people have to figure out like you you have to figure out how you grieve and like what's best for you and so yes 100 percent, 100 yeah well we definitely want to give god a lot of praise and gratitude for accomplishing you know all that he has in our family and for sustaining us all through all of this it like you said justine it's not pretty it has been a messy six and a half years Um, but I, you know, along with giving God thanks, I really just want to give you guys a lot of credit for the maturity you've shown these last six years. I mean, I have, I'm just, dad and I both are really impressed by each of you. And, um, you guys have been tools in helping me in my own fight for joy through grief too. And I see fruit from your faith and even through tears and really sad days, God has been sanctifying us all and really drawing us closer to himself and to each other. And I'm really thankful for that because going through something like grief doesn't guarantee that a family will get closer. In fact, sometimes it actually tears marriages and families apart. And we definitely want to attribute our closeness as a family to God's grace and the work that he's doing in each of our hearts. But it might be helpful if we just talk about a few practical things that you think um, have helped to create closeness in our home, um, both before and after Jackson died, but especially after how do we stay close? You guys mentioned forgiveness. I think that's a big one in regards to just extending grace, forgiving one another, being patient with another, um, one another. Um, what else What else do you think that we I do think, that helps us stay um, close? We've stayed close just by cherishing the time that we do have together mm-hmm. and just keeping us grateful for um, how close we are and how much time we do get to spend together. I think you're right, Grace. We do, you know, we try to be careful with our schedules so that when we do have time together, we're all here. Um, Dinner time has been a priority, making sure that we um, always gather around the table together, even if it's 8 p.m. and we're waiting for dad to get home from work or one of you guys to get done with a sporting thing. I mean, we do, we do really value time together and make that a priority. Mm -hmm. I also think um, we've gotten close just by respecting each other's boundaries and not pushing it if they're having a rough day and just want to be left alone. Um, and just mm-hmm. kind of knowing what they like and don't like when they're going through something hard and when they're going through something mm-hmm. good. Yeah, not taking things personally. Yeah. I think I've had to learn that as your mom, that there are times you're just not going to want to talk to me about something or just need a little time away and that the, I don't need to take that personally. That's just you need time away to recharge or to really think, or you're not quite even ready. You don't maybe even have the words to tell me what you're thinking and processing yet. Yeah. And, and I mean, when we were a family of six, we were close. Mm-hmm. And so it yeah. wasn't like we weren't close before all of this happened. For sure. And mm-hmm. so I think when Jackson died, then it just made sense for us to yeah. get extremely close. Yeah. And I remember that first, I don't even know how long it lasted. Maybe, <laughs> two months that we all slept in your room. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that first night, that second night, <coughs> um, we all moved our mattresses into yeah. your room and we just slept time, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we we have traditions mm-hmm. that we do that keep us close, yeah. like Christmas time and Thanksgiving and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we've always been a close family, so it's just yeah. made sense that we've grown closer. Yeah. And, I mean, everybody, like, when people ask me who has been there through everything, it's like, well, my family. And they're mm-hmm. like, your family? Like, what? Yeah, it's it isn't like, a well. given for everybody. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think too, communication. I mean, I think we've had to, you know, like you said, we were always close and had a lot of good family meetings and a lot of good communication before grief hit our home. But um, I just remember early in grief too, uh, giving you guys permission to say, um, this isn't helpful. Mm-hmm. And especially with Justine, remember we, we did... <laughs> okay, drop a mic. <laughs> oh, boy. Get some coughs out. Okay. Good job, Grace. Um, yeah, I remember, you know, especially Justine, when you were in high school, we, we kind of developed a plan uh, when you were allowed to say, this is not helpful, when yeah. I wasn't being helpful. And that sounds really obvious and simple, but um, but I don't think a lot of parents think to give their kids this kind of language and then the permission to use it. And it's hard because I'm trying to help. Um, but just to give you the freedom to say this really isn't helpful, um, stuff like that was good. And, and just learning how to communicate better, um, you know, because we can be trying to help one another when, in fact, we're frustrating one another. Mm-hmm. We're not really helping. Yeah, and we've also gotten closer by doing things that the other person loves. So if yeah. I get, like, I got really close to turn of the summer when I sat and watched every single episode of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Grace and I, when we um, work out or when we go shopping play together, play music, mm-hmm. go get coffee, yeah, and go on mm-hmm. runs with Dad. I mean, we all have unique interests, and so to walk alongside that person and not just say, like, well, you like Star Wars? That's weird. I'm not going to join you on that. But to be like, oh, you love Star Wars? Okay, I want to love Star Wars yes. because you love Star yes. Wars. I love you, so I want to do things that you enjoy so that we can spend time together. Yeah. And, And like, a common theme in our family is we really like to make people laugh. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if we're we're truly so close to each other, we're spending a lot of time together. So that instinct of, oh, like, can I make people laugh, like, happens a lot with our family. Yeah, Yeah. it does. So, like, it's really easy to get close if we're always just laughing all the time Mm -hmm. through grief and through whatever yeah because it's just what we do like even this whole time while you and justine have been talking like grace and i've been doing inside jokes or whatever and laughing at each other (laughs) right yeah because that's just what we do like without even trying yeah 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 keeping our sense of humor has been key and you guys do make it easy i mean you three are seriously some of the funniest people i know and jackson was really funny too but you. you each do have your own unique sense of humor and um there is a lot of silliness and goofing around in our house um and our dad's, your dad's pretty funny too. Yeah, we all do have like pretty different like senses of humor so, too. Yeah. Which is, it's really funny to see the mix too. And we yeah. know when the one person needs all the attention. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Don't <laughs> at me, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> we always go, oh no, Grace needs attention. Uh-oh, Everybody here look comes at Grace. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dad needs some attention. Oh, we haven't talked to him in a while. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, another one, another way too that's helped is prayer. Um, you know, praying with one another and for one another. I mean, it really means a lot to me as a mom when one of you tells me something specific that you want me to pray for. So I think um, one way that I have stayed close to you guys is just knowing uh, what's heavy on your heart, how I can pray for you, and um, just uh, where you need prayer. Praying Mm -hmm. together, too. I mean, we've done a lot of, especially early in grief. So I would love to have each of you kind of throw out a few other tools that you implement in your own personal fight for joy. So let's say it's a normal Friday like today, and you've had a super discouraging day. You're just just down in the dumps. Um, You have a couple hard things going on in your life. What do you do to help your fight for joy? What I do is, well, people... In general, usually either really get me going or they really tear me down. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, what I like to do is I just like to be alone and I just like to listen to music. Mm -hmm. And I just like to process through everything by myself and not be surrounded by people. Mm -hmm. That's definitely how I am as well. I really don't like it if I'm down or something just big happened that's just really sad or whatever. And then a ton of people are like, oh my goodness, like what can I do to help? Or like... Or how are you feeling? Like, talk me through it. Like, that doesn't really resonate with me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't... So, I kind of do what Grace does. Like, I kind of just go off on my own. Or, like, well, thank you so much. Like, thanks for wanting to help. But I'm just going to try to process this on my own. And, like, think about it. And uh, maybe listen to music. Watch YouTube. Play Clash of Clans. Something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. figure it out from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'm the oddball because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an external processor. And I have tons of words. And... Mm-hmm. When things go wrong, the first thing I want to do is talk talk about it, talk it out, get all my words out, get all my thoughts out, 
And to do that, <laughs> I need somebody to do that with. So, right, right. Um, you don't want to be alone. No, I do not like being alone. Um, so I call a friend or mm-hmm. call you or dad or mm-hmm. whoever and just say, hey, this was a really, really hard day. Can I just tell you about it? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that that's probably why I benefit so much from counseling, too, is, I mean, there's just somebody there to listen to me. <laughs> that's, right. Um, that's right. So, yeah, I'm, I guess, the oddball of the family. No, well, I, yeah. And that's I mean, why I hate I, counseling. I do a little bit of both of your guys's. Um, yeah, you're a good mix. Has, because yeah, I do also confide in people, and um, I think I also like having somebody there just to listen to me rant or just to know that I'm not alone. And so I think it's nice just to have somebody there at times just to see, like, your raw emotions. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I, I guess I do a little bit yeah. of both. And you, wouldn't you say that time together is one of your love languages too? So even yeah. though if we're not talking, and it's just yeah. nice to be Like Grace yeah. and I both have like time together as a love languages. So like we'll, we'll like stay everyone up. else, everyone else will go to bed yeah. at like 10 or 10.30. And we'll watch day. TV or we'll and eat pie. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, hey Grace, I bought, I bought pie <laughs> coming home after hanging out with friends. And yeah. would you like some? Well, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll watch something late at night, or yeah. um, we kind of like that. We're into the mass Singer. Yeah, or just I think literally just on our phones, like not even talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, but just, just being sitting together. sitting in I the same room on our you phones. You can get yeah. close to somebody, not always through talking, but just being together and yeah. doing things that you like, um, and mm-hmm. sh- like sharing same interests. Yeah, like um, what you said earlier. And same flavors of pie. Yeah, exactly. Lemon meringue, seriously. Yeah. Oh, or French silk. French, French silk, silk is... yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, but... yeah. And I've also seen you guys implement, you know, exercise. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that getting your mind and body involved mm-hmm. at the same time is has been huge in my mm-hmm. own life of, like, going for a walk where I have mm-hmm. to engage my body, but my mind is also engaged mm-hmm. um, instead of just, like, sitting on the couch or something, but... Yeah, getting my mind and body involved at the same time has mm-hmm. been... Maybe playing guitar for you too, Grace? Yeah, well, I also think working out is huge and just yeah. being involved in a lot of sports because when I get angry, I... <laughs> angry? <laughs> I get hostile. <laughs> <laughs> then I think working out is a really good way to get it out. It is, Instead yes. of taking it out on words on yes. people. Yeah. 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 Yes. New hobbies too. That's always good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mm-hmm. picked up knitting my freshman year of college. Right. <laughs> I remember that? <laughs> yeah. No, those are really good. Really good, practical, helpful things. Um, it does give a good picture of how you guys are different and how you know there are so many unique ways to fight for joy in our daily lives. Well, as you guys have continued to progress in your grief and healing. And just you've grown in your maturity and faith over the years, too. Some of your peers have come to you and looked to you for help and encouragement as they have then experienced something hard. Um, Sometimes it feels like nobody can really relate to what we've gone through in the depths of pain and loss that we have experienced as a family. But the truth is there is pain and hurt all around us. I mean, the Blick family does not have a corner on the market in grief. It's all around us when we look when we look um, hard enough at the people around us. So one of the things that I say often, um, both in life and on this podcast too, is that we live in a broken world because hard things will happen <laughs> to pretty much everybody and we will all at some point lose joy and struggle to keep persevering. So what would you guys say or even what do you say um, to somebody who is really struggling and comes to you? Um, I guess the first thing I do is just listen to them um, because I know that sometimes it's hard to come up with the right thing to say Um, and just say like, oh, I hear you and you are known and you are loved and reading scripture together is Mm -hmm. always helpful and praying together or just praying for them right there in the moment. yeah, and just being being open to whatever whatever hurt they have, um, to not feel like you are um, taking over the spotlight and relating to them too much, and say, "Oh yeah, that happened to me too." Let me tell you about my story. And mm-hmm. um, but there is a time and place for that. I'm not saying that there isn't, um, but to just at first just be that listening ear, and then point out the promises, mm-hmm. and to say. Um, 
yeah, that this is hard and this sucks and I'll stand by you and I'll listen to you and I'll continue to walk through this mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say a similar thing to uh, for me because in my experience, um, being uh, going through grief and everything, um, although I like to process things on my own, um, when people do come and try to help, it's really helpful if they just say something. You know, it's not like there's like a perfect thing to say that's gonna oh like everything's better now thank you for saying the perfect thing <laughs> right there is no it's perfect like, thing um nobody has to feel pressured to do that because there's not really that's anything right. like perfect anybody can say it's so, like just saying something is so helpful and so like when people walk through grief and i'm uh, trying to help or they're asking me for help it's just it, i found that um it's kind of the same for me where it's just say something like yeah. it's not it doesn't have to be perfect and just know like yeah, I'm here, and yeah, I'm here to help, and uh, like you can kind of sympathize, but don't make it about you, and mm-hmm. just just yeah. be there to help, and just yeah, make them feel like just make it known that you're gonna help. Yeah, I love that Turner because I, um, you know that is one of the things that that people ask me is just like, has anybody ever said things that have hurt you, or like, do people say the wrong things in grief? And I agree with you, Turner. I always say no, but I can think of times when people didn't say anything or they didn't acknowledge it or whatever. And that is usually more hurtful. It is, it is better to just fumble around and try mm-hmm. to say something and do something. And like you said, Justine, acknowledge, acknowledge the pain and sit with them in the pain. Yeah. And I think that, um, going from that then to be in a relationship with somebody who isn't trying to then check off a box down the road of say, okay, well, I checked in with them here and I'm yeah. going to check in with them you again. You feel like a like, ministry instead. Yeah, you yeah. Don't, and so falling into an organic relationship where it just comes and flows in yeah. your conversation naturally, not feeling like, okay, they really appreciate when I say something, so I'm going to make every Tuesday the day that I <laughs> right. connect. Then it's like, okay, like it's yeah. just not genuine. And um, so just like being open and forming alongside them through the grief is how you kind of continue that. Yeah. I think um, what I do um, is I really like trying to fix problems and I like to try and um, solve things on Mm -hmm. my own. Mm -hmm. And so I think when people come to me, I'm quick to um, help give them ideas of what they can do Mm -hmm. and what they can try. And I'm also quick to investigate on their problems and get to deeper level and figure out where this is stemming from and be like, well, why are you feeling this way? What is making you think that? Um, and just, and then I try and go from there and, um, help them. Yeah. Just have tools to know what to do when they encounter problems like that, because I've been through a lot and I can relate to a lot of it, Mm -hmm. but I don't always like sympathizing because, I don't know, part of my personality is I don't like showing my emotions. Mm-hmm. So I think what me sympathizing looks like me saying, I've been there, this is what I've done, maybe it'll help you too. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. No, these are great, super helpful things. Thanks, you guys. Um, and one thing that I do, I continually pray for you guys, is that that all of these struggles and disappointments and hurts and trials make you better, um, that they make you more beautiful. Um, not bitter, not hard, not closed off, but um, compassionate and brave and kind and forgiving and grace-filled people. And you guys, I do see these things in you, and I'm so, so grateful to the Lord. And it's taken effort on your part. I mean, you've done the hard work. You've done the counseling. You've done the praying. You've done the processing and the talking and the crying and um, all the things that... um, that it takes to, to keep moving forward in grief and get tastes of healing. Um, you have had to fight for joy and you guys are finding joy. And as your mom, it's a blessing to see. Um, and as you reflect on all that God has taken you through in your lives so far, um, maybe you could share just something you've learned or even to say it another way, how, how have you changed, um, through hard things in life? How have you changed for the better specifically? I think the main thing for me is I've appreciated my family a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, going through grief, um, a lot of my friend groups have been like coming and going, and at times it's been hard to like maintain friendships, um, depending on how hard the grief is. Like, that's just my personality. Um, but like friends have always like, come and gone, but family has always stayed with me. It's like I think the biggest takeaway. And the thing I'm like for which I'm most thankful 
uh, looking back through grief is that, like, my family is, like, great. And, like, Mm -hmm. they've been really great for me. And uh, sticking with them has been really helpful. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good question. I think um, I really struggle with opening up to people from because I am afraid of something happening again Mm -hmm. or I'm afraid of um, having like deja vus and so I think how I've changed is I have been open to people and um, like if they let me down so what because God put them in my life for a reason. And mm-hmm. so I think I just have to embrace that and I have to give it the best shot I can because who knows, it could be a great friendship. Mm-hmm. And so I think blocking it off from the start and not even giving it a shot is just unfair to both of you. I think also what I struggled with was bitterness and I think mm-hmm. um, not letting myself forgive mm-hmm was really hard for a while and but I think um learning to forgive is extremely extremely important because in the bible it says love um love your god before all else and then love your neighbor as yourself and if you don't love your neighbor you can't love god Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. god is love and I think um having forgiveness quickly is extremely important Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I've seen you really grow in that grace. It's been beautiful. Yeah, I think that um, I've changed a lot over grief because I've come to understand myself more and the different ways that um, my my brain works. And, um, And I think with that comes a big understanding of God's grace for me and that there isn't anything that I can do to better earn his favor, to better earn his love, or, um, I mean, he chose me and he knows my name. Mm -hmm. And um, through just putting promises into my heart daily, I have changed into just full reliance on Christ and Mm -hmm. dependence upon him, even though sometimes I don't know how to do that or I don't want to do that. Um, just having that giddy time in the morning to read God's word over a cup of coffee and to know these promises, the first thing that I wake up, Mm -hmm. um, has definitely changed the ways that I perceive the world, interact with the world. And because of that, then I know, um, how I guess sin is so evident in my life and how much more I need God's grace and forgiveness and that, um, yeah, people are going to fail me. I'm going to fail myself and knowing more of myself, um, has definitely changed, changed me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. You guys, I definitely see all of these things in you and so much more. And you really are a light in this dark world through, um, what you have learned and the ways that you have, run to the Lord in the midst of it and um, have fought bitterness, have fought despondency, have fought some of the true enemies to our faith and our joy. And um, you have really embraced and leaned into the things that are helpful tools in this fight for joy. Well, we're about ready to wrap up here. Is there anything else that you guys want to say to encourage my listeners in their own fight for joy? I feel like we should leave this on a high note. Okay, what do you want to say? Funny, guys. <laughs> oh, Grace. Okay, is there a funny, if something funny or a question? Well, I don't you know, this? just like go around saying something. <laughs> what? I don't know, guys. We're going to have to repeat this No, question. I don't think we yeah. have to have it on a high note. Okay, <laughs> I won't. Yeah, no, right? we do. Redo this last question. Yeah, do you like that question, question or should I do? Yeah, no, we need a like One a, last thing <laughs> that people want to know. Like, about. you know how Annie Downs leaves it? Like, what? Oh, what? yeah, okay. Like, what we need something okay. funny. So do you want, how about if Not I say. Not necessarily funny, but like, oh, that's good. How about, um, sometimes I ask my guests, like, what's something that you're really loving right now? It can be something like oh, a particular song, a God. game, a, um. Yeah, okay, that's good. Okay, well, um, we're about ready to wrap up here. And so, um, one of the fun things that I asked my guests in season one, um, as I was ending the conversations with them was, uh, what is something that you are really enjoying right now? Or what are you loving right now? And so, 
um, think of one or two things that are really um, bringing just a simple joy into your life. Something that makes you laugh, something that um, you enjoy doing with your friends. Um, it can be something simple or it can be something um, more intricate. But what's something that you're loving right now? Um, I'm really loving music, music in general. So listening to music, playing music, writing music. Um, I think all of that is just really fun for me right now. I'm also loving um, spontaneous outings. And I love when people ask if they're just like, hey, do you want to go get ice cream or do you want to make a coffee run? I just like spur of the moment things. Mm -hmm. I'm really loving that. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's good. I would say for me, it's definitely a clash of clans. Mm -hmm. um, with uh, quarantine and everything, that's the one thing that I can like still do with all my friends. And so... Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate enough to be the leader of my clan. Um, it's 40-some <laughs> guys and a few girls wow. as well. Yeah, nice. And um, we unfortunately just lost our six-war uh, win streak, ouch, but it's all good. Ouch. And this has been a lot of fun to connect with. All different, like We have so many different kinds of people in the clan. <laughs> and um, of all age groups. And, uh, yeah, so it's been a lot of fun. It's been very, something really simple to do every day. And, um, yeah. That's good. Well, I love my Nespresso maker. It's so bougie. Same. Yeah. But bougie. I can bougie. I cannot go a day without having a Nespresso. That's it's so, so embarrassing, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Um and I also um I love I've been loving writing more. Mm -hmm. I think that writing has always been a part of my life, but being able to write for my professors or for my peers has been so much fun for me. Mm -hmm. That's good. Those are good things. Well, this has been such a special conversation, you guys. Thank you for doing this with me. Um, as we close, is there anything else that you would like to leave with my listeners to just encourage them in their own fight for joy? Yeah, I think that um, this might sound weird, but I think that it's encouraging for me to hear sometimes from other people that um, it's still going to be really hard mm -hmm. and sin is mm -hmm. really going to take over and sin is going to become attractive mm -hmm. and just taking, taking comfort in knowing that that's normal and that that um, is a part of this broken world that um, is going to be this rhythm that you're going to have to fight daily but then being able to cling to the promises of God mm -hmm. amidst that is mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. the hope that you cling to. Yeah, that's something we've really talked a lot about and learned from too, is just the expectations, just knowing there are going to be hard things in this life and in this world so that when the hard things come, we aren't surprised and we aren't grieving because we're grieving and we're not sad because we're sad. We are expecting these hard things, not in a negative glass half empty kind of way, but in a prepared way and in a way that we have tools um, to help us when these hard things do come. I think um, just knowing that grief will look different for everyone mm -hmm. and that it will it's come important. at different times yeah. for everyone. And I also think that it's important to remember um, that people will fail us, mm -hmm. but God never will. Awesome. Yeah, and um, yeah, going off of both of them said, um, I think that it's really important to keep in mind like how you grieve and how your uh, friends grieve, uh, people close to you grieve, and um, just keep in mind how they might try to help people grieve. So like you have to be conscious of, like, take me for example. Like I like to process alone, but I know like some people in my family, like some of my friends, really like to go out and help people, and like they really like to listen to people. Mm -hmm. So they might try to come up to me. I know it's not very like helpful to me. So I think it's just really helpful to, for everyone to know um, how you grieve and just to keep that in mind as grief comes. And it will because this world is sinful. I mean, like full of sin and uh, there will be a lot of hardship. And so it's just really helpful to keep all that in mind. Yeah. And we've all had friends that um, have learned to ask what's helpful. And I think that that if you don't know how to help somebody in their struggle when they are lacking joy and really in the midst of a difficult time, they may not know, but you can still um, continue to ask them, is this helpful? Is this not helpful? Would it be better if I did this or did that or said this or said that? I mean, just asking questions, really being a student of them in the midst of their struggles and being willing to be a faithful friend who will continue to be there 
um, for the long haul. That's good, Turner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, your family's not going anywhere, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. hold tight to them and laugh with them and wrestle them, thumb wars (laughs) with them. Arm wrestle. Arm wrestle, leg wrestle. We are a physical family. Your family Mm -hmm. is not going anywhere. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I think that this conversation will really bless and encourage people as they do get kind of a first-hand look into how we have um, clung to one another and, and fought for joy as a family. Well, thank you guys. This was fun. I think also um, that I struggled with. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go first. No, 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 no. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.